0: I share with you a poem this Sunday from my friend Lonnie Smith. He has been incarcerated at Stateville Prison for over 30 years. He is my pen pal and my friend. It's entitled, Ghost. With all these years in prison, I believe I've come to feel what a ghost feels, forced to be spectators in a world where we've been long forgotten, neither here nor there, as life goes on around us. Some have forgotten that they were ever a part of that world. They go around hating the world and the people in it. Others remember too well, they long to be of that world again, to be seen, to be heard, to be relevant. Every once in a while, for however brief it may be, someone sees them, really sees them. Not for what they're told to see, a ghost, but for what lies beneath. For those who haven't and do not want to forget, who still cherish and hang on to their humanity, it means the world to them. So yes, behind these four walls, I've most definitely come to feel what a ghost must feel. Your friendly ghost. These words came to me when I first began my ministry in January of 2020 as the director and minister of the Unitarian Universalist Prison Ministry of Illinois. I've always had a heart for justice. And when one of my colleagues said, you should, you should look at this job. I said, I've never done prison ministry. And he said, it's, it's not about having gone into prison. It's about having an understanding of the larger systems that are at play systems that we need to disrupt because they are working far too well and solving very little when it comes to addressing a real sense of justice in this world. And so I began this position and read this poem and realized that I wanted to be in conversation with Lonnie. I began in January of 2020 and by March of 2020, things had shut down. And I knew that if I wanted to actually do my job well, I needed to be in relationship with people who had been directly impacted by the prison industrial complex, and also to be in relationship with people who were actively incarcerated. And so I reached out to one of our pen pals through our program at the Unitarian Universalist Prison Ministry of Illinois, and I asked if I could get in touch with Lonnie. For a while, we exchanged emails between her sending emails to him, and we realized that I should just become a pen pal with Lonnie. So let me show you a picture of Lonnie. This is Lonnie, and he's got this radiant smile. And when Lonnie and I were communicating, we had so much in common to talk about, a common theology that preached that no one was outside the circle of love. I sent him those words from the reverends Susan Frederick Gray and Erica Hewitt, and he agreed with them wholeheartedly. He at the time was in a program with North Park Seminary, earning his degree, his master's degree, and we had so much in common. And then we started talking about dinners that I liked to cook, food he liked to eat, And unfortunately, eventually, as we were able to communicate over email, soon we could have phone calls, but they're only 20 minutes at a time because Lonnie's in prison. Let me show you the next slide. This is a picture of the Panopticon at Stateville. It was condemned, I believe, around 2008. It was reopened to house people who had covid there is a dissonance between that smile and that human, my friend, and this place. I'll show you the next slide. This is a picture of Lonnie feeling the spirit preaching uh, from a video screenshot that I did of him preaching to his class at North Park Seminary at Stateville. And he was preaching about putting on the armor of God. Now, as we sang and are centering hymn, How could anyone fail to notice you are anything less than whole and beautiful? Imagine how important it is every day to gird yourself in a place where no one sees your worth and dignity, that the system itself is created solely to punish. Imagine if you had to move through the world identified by possibly the worst mistake you ever made. Imagine, if you will, that you never had a chance one chance, let alone a second. I'll show you the next slide. This is a picture of me smiling. My face was hurting from the smiling so much at Stateville Prison at a graduation for our North Park Seminary when Lonnie received his master's degree in restorative arts and Christian ministry. And this program at the graduation, so many of the men who were graduating spoke about how important it was that they had been given this opportunity for education, the opportunity to reflect and do the inner reflection they needed, that they would take from this experience and share with all the other people who were at Stateville, that there was a way of cultivating inside their own sense of hope and purpose. And yet, and I'll show you the next picture, This is all we were able to take with us of Lonnie. The other folks who were joining me at the graduation were members of the Hinsdale Unitarian Congregation. And so Tracy, who is his pen pal who originally connected us, she brought back his robe and stole, his master's hood, his tassel, and his emblem. And that was all that was able to leave of Lonnie. And so after an experience that is called a commencement, one continues to wonder, commencing into what? And yet what I have found in my experience in communicating with people who are inside prison is that they have had the opportunity again and again to reflect on the harms they have done. And that the people that we communicate with in our prison ministry of Illinois have reflected deeply and share openly and they do not take lightly the harms that they have done. And nor do we. We live in a culture that is inherently violent. And as Daniel Sarid in the book, Until We Reckon, reminds us that most people who have experienced violence, their idea of justice is that the violence will not happen to someone else again. And what I have found in the brief time that I have had the privilege and honor of doing this work and companioning people, Unitarian Universalists, and people who have been directly impacted by these systems is that we have an opportunity to discover together and reimagine together what justice really means. The late white Unitarian minister, A. Powell Davies wrote, Here we are, all of us, all upon this planet, bound together in a common destiny, living our lives between the briefness of daylight and dark, kindred in this, each lighted by the same precarious flickering flame of life. How does it happen that we are not kindred in all things else? How strange and foolish are these walls of separation that divide us? And so when I'm left with that image of Lonnie's cap and gown being the only thing that could leave, I continually ask how strange and foolish are these walls of separation that divide us. And I also, I always like to remind ourselves of who we are as Unitarian Universalists, that there are those of us in the pews and in our kinship time or fellowship time and coffee hour who have been directly impacted by the prison system who have had loved ones who have been in and out of jail or prison who have experienced this firsthand themselves. And when I have been in different spaces, whether they be on Zoom or in person, I have had people follow up with me with a sigh of relief that someone was finally able to lift this up and hold them and their own experience. And so when I speak of us as Unitarian Universalists, please know that there are many among us who have been impacted, many among us who have been impacted by these systems and harmed by these systems. So in our work at the Unitarian Universalist Prison Ministry of Illinois, which we call UUPMI, because we love acronyms, don't we? (laughs) We work to have a presence inside. We have programs at the Cook County Jail that hopefully will soon be starting up with all of the back and forth with COVID closing down and opening back up. Uh, We have a program on the men's side and the women's side of small group ministry, much like what your small group ministry looks like when you gather in circles together. We also have a program at Logan Women's Prison, which Hopefully, when COVID numbers are feeling more manageable, we'll be able to go in and and facilitate a small group circle ministry there as well. And what we found since the beginning of this organization, which was before my time in around 2015-16, is as people wanted to have a presence in jails and prisons as Unitarian Universalists, it became very clear that there was a, a privilege and a power to be able to go in and then also to be able to go out. And that there was an opportunity for when we went out to engage in advocacy that was led and guided by the people who had had the experience or were currently incarcerated. And so we embed advocacy in everything that we do, including programs of education, just about these systems that are around us that sometimes are rendered invisible to those who have never been directly affected. We do education about what is the prison industrial complex? What does it mean to defund the police? What do all of these things mean so that we can have conversations instead of drawing lines in the sand? Explorations together so that we may come to understand that these systems around us may or may not actually serve the spirit of love in the world or what we might think of as justice. And most of that happens through relationship. So I have a couple pen pals, actually probably around four at this point. (laughs) The list keeps growing. And I invite you to consider that. I'll be here after to talk with you more if you're interested in having a pen pal, which like any other relationship could be one letter written a month or for some has grown in in ways that uh, people never thought possible. They go visit their pen pal. They work on clemency, support packets for their pen pals, so the relationships unfold just as any relationships on the outside do. And we also have a small program called Solidarity Circles where we invite Unitarian Universalists in a congregation to form a circle of companionship and solidarity for someone who's been recently released. And that person is called the leader because they themselves know what they need best. And so the leader and the supporting members, they journey together in also a small group ministry format and their lives change as a result of these relationships and this kind of and level of proximity. It really is about relationship. Understanding that we are divided by strange and foolish walls in so many different ways. But the lens that I bring and the work that we do It has invited me to reshape my ideas about what beloved community is. One of our former Solidarity Circle leaders and an activist who's uh, quite, uh, quite prominent on several panels, her name is Monica Cosby and she wrote in a book called The Long Term. To me, community means a shared responsibility and accountability, caring and connection. Community understands that the health, happiness, success, security, and stability of community is directly connected to that of the individuals within it. In a community, support is given where needed. Solidarity is lived, not just a word spoken. One of the things I love best about the work that I get to do is that I'm inviting people into work that is impactful. Have you ever had the the situation where you're in a book study and you're reading about all of the problems and ills of the world and you leave the place just feeling the heaviness and the powerlessness of it. Like there's nothing we can do. And then when I talk with people, they say, oh my God, your job must be so awful and tiring. And it's not. There's something beautiful about being in relationship with people who have this inner drive to keep hope at the forefront of their minds to truly embrace the idea, not just as a concept, but an embodied understanding of one's own inherent worth and dignity when everything around them tells them that they are less than, that they are subhuman. It's inspiring, it's energizing. Also to be in spaces of advocacy, like with the Illinois Network for Pretrial Justice, that's continuing to defend the winds of ending wealth-based incarceration in Illinois, people from all over the state who are doing amazing work in their own organizations, who are truly embodying the spirit of love in the world and saying no to the strange and foolish walls that separate us. It's so awesome. So no, it is not a terrible, heavy job. And I want to invite you into this work because it is energizing as much as it is so awful to learn about all of the harms that go on in this world, to have to reckon with violence as a reality that has shaped the culture that we live in. Yes, all of that is heavy. And there are ways that we can come together to recognize that and still persist in hope and in love and in understanding our own inherent worth and dignity, as well as that interconnected web of life that calls us to abolish the walls that are strange and foolish around us. And so we, in our own Unitarian Universalist theology, are reminded constantly of the opportunities we have to reimagine the world we're living in and question all the systems that are around us and potentially decide to disrupt them. That we can engage in activities that have been going on for generations in communities that have never been served by the justice system in transforming harm. Now, there's something called transformative justice. And transformative justice relies on a theology of beloved community and it values that each individual has their own inherent worth and dignity, while also understanding that we are part of a circle of love that no one is outside of. That is truly radical, because there's some really nasty things that go on in this world, right? So what does it mean to truly say that no one is outside the circle of love? It doesn't mean that everyone has to say that someone's harm that they have done is okay. In fact, it's the opposite, that we call each other in and assume responsibility for the community that is around us. There's an organization whose mission is to end child sexual abuse. And they argue that we need to develop a liberatory approach to violence that's built on the principles of transformative justice, which include individual justice and collective liberation being equally important mutually supportive and fundamentally intertwined. The achievement of one is impossible without the achievement of the other. The conditions that allow violence to occur must be transformed in order to achieve justice in individual instances of violence. So transformative justice is a liberating politics and an approach for securing what justice is, right? So it's asking those questions of, why did this violence happen in the first place? What's going on in this system, in this community? How can we empower ourselves to make it so that this doesn't happen again? And they also say that the state and systemic responses to violence, including the criminal punishment system and child welfare agencies, often fail to advance individual and collective liberation and also condone and perpetuate cycles of violence. So we are being invited into a new sense of collective imagining. And we went to our Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association gathering, and I had the opportunity to attend on Zoom. And the keynote speaker was our colleague, the Reverend Alicia Ford. And I just want to share the next image that she shared with us. With an invitation from Bell Hooks, of an invitation to a love ethic, in which we value loyalty and commitment to sustained bonds with the people, with plants, with beings, over material advancement. So that there's a love ethic that centers this understanding that we are all connected, and that has us concerned about these smaller circles that we're in, but also widens that circle of concern. Understanding that we are at this turning point in our culture in the United States and in the world where we could envision that there's a dying empire and that something new is being born out of this ethic of love. Next slide. And so, Alicia, the Reverend Alicia invites us to divest ourselves of the notion that any part of this empire should be saved, that we insist on abolition, reparations, land back, welfare for all beings. Now, all of this may sound absolutely radical. And yet at the same time, part of what I love about the work that I'm involved with is that it's about highlighting the work that is already happening that does just this. Communities of care where people are healing relationships and healing these large circles of communities where it's already happening. This list that looks so overwhelming and scary is already happening. And the privilege is to find those places and invest in them and encourage them. These are the spaces that live into the love ethic that tells us that no one is outside the circle of love. Thank you for that slide. And so we're reminded from Gwendolyn Brooks, writing in the poem, Paul Robeson, We are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. So I invite you to remember and repeat with me, no one is outside the circle of love. And what that circle invites us into, of how we want to be in relationship not only with ourselves and our congregations and in our smaller circles of family and friends, but also widening that circle of concern out to what the love ethic calls us to, which is this beautiful enlivening of our own humanity and our own inherent worth and dignity and understanding that we truly are interconnected and that when we begin to address and go forth with love into those spaces, then all that we imagined can become real. No one is outside the circle of love. Blessed be. Amen.